0: There is so much fake news online and even more about health conditions. Aside from people talking about their star signs, fake news about health has become one of my biggest pet peeves. To be honest, it's not always easy telling the difference. I'm here to help. Welcome to Debunking Medical Myths with Dr. Diggy. In every episode, I'm joined by a health professional to chat about these issues. Fake medical news isn't just silly, it's dangerous. So I hope you learn something useful and stay safe. Hello and welcome to another episode of debunking medical myths. I hope you're well and thank you so much for joining me today. I'll be discussing something that's been a personal passion of mine for several years, breast cancer. While I was a surgical trainee, I had some incredible mentors guiding me and training me in the surgical management of breast cancer. And although I decided to take a step away from surgical training, I'll never forget how hard everyone worked to support these women. From the compassionate and knowledgeable breast cancer nurse specialist who took their time to answer any question the patient had, however silly, to my boss, the surgeon who worked tirelessly in theatre to ensure that the scar could be hidden under under a bra strap, however difficult it was to achieve. Breast cancer can be a life-changing diagnosis for women and, and I'll never forget the efforts the team um, committed themselves to to support these women through their journey. To dispel some of the myths and to discuss some of the options available for breast cancer, I'm joined by Dr. Tasha ganda She's a consultant breast surgeon trained in London with both a PhD in surgery and a master's in surgical education. She's also a fellow podcaster and hosts the podcast called My Breast, My Health, where she educates and inspires listeners to learn more about breast cancer. So do check it out. I really look forward to hearing her insights as we discuss the top line myths behind breast cancer. But yeah, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you Um... for having me. (laughs) (laughs) fellow podcaster yeah um exactly I, I really thought it would be really useful to have like just a almost like a bite-sized um episode to talk about breast cancer and uh as in every episode I have a true or trash list and I just wanted to go through some of these and see what your thoughts are and if you have any others please bring them you know tell me because you probably heard some yourself um from your time in clinic or your encounters encounters in your you know extensive experience so the first one I'll go for let's see this is an interesting one actually putting a cell phone in your bra can cause breast cancer have yeah. you heard this before um
1: yeah I've kind of heard people asking that question and it's false Or trash. Absolutely.
0: Trash. Trash. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And 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 what what kind of what would you say to someone who's thinking about this? And why would I mean
1: I don't know. I don't know why. I think I I suspect it's because it's maybe radiation and people think, you know, Mm. if you have radiation in close vicinity to part of your body, then you'll develop cancer. But Mm. yeah, that's an absolute myth
0: actually. No no yeah um isn't it so we can we can we can can stop that there so please don't worry about it i think it's something it like you said it's it sounds logical when you think about it because it is a cell phone when you people do think of radiation and wavelengths and think it can contribute because we we know that radiation in certain levels can contribute to the um, pathophysiology of certain types of cancers yeah um but this is this is there's no evidence at all so we can you can put your phone in your bra and not worry about it yes yeah. <laughs> not saying you have to but you don't don't worry about it yeah. um another one is i think in the some almost in a similar trend deodorant and antiperspirant causes breast cancer true or trash
1: trash so um <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah i've heard this as well and i think i don't know again that the, the reason behind this i i suspect it's because Um, people think that if you block your lymph glands in your armpit then that somehow has um, Mm. an effect on the breast and then something blocks something in the breast and therefore cancer can happen but yeah again there's no evidence to suggest that's true so yeah that statement is trash
0: so can it cause any can it cause blockage in the lymph nodes maybe that can then lead to a lump or yeah. lymphoid epinopathy. so technically it can cause some changes I guess but well, I mean I but that's think, more like in, it, in, in the line of an infection I think exactly
1: you know? I think you're absolutely right I think you know with any any thing that you put on your skin it can probably cause an ir- irritant on the skin to cause mm-hmm. just skin changes and you know um itchiness or um things like that that is well you're, you're kind of the skin expert really so you'll probably know <laughs> about this more than me but that's yeah. that's as far it will go it doesn't go with into the glands or you know cause cancer in that way so and definitely doesn't sure. there's no evidence to suggest it causes breast cancer
0: okay cool lots of people worry about their diet and things and um things that, these are things that they can like Can think about and uh, i don't know they try and make associations and i think it's important to really when you're when you're thinking about this not to worry so much but to actually have a look and find um reputable sources for information on it and do you see what i mean i think people do get wrapped up in um diet trends and fads um that they think can help reduce their risk of cancer i mean there i mean there's another one i've I've got on my list here that's sugar feeds cancer Mm. true or trash
1: yeah. I mean, sugar is an interesting thing. Um, and mm. uh, as that statement goes, it's trash. Um, mm. sugar does not cause breast cancer for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, we know that cells need, um, energy to, to work and where you know, that energy comes, I guess, in the form of sugar, but it's not the sugar that we consume. Mm. Um, you know, when we eat things like um carbohydrates carbohydrates will then be converted into you know kind of sugar equivalent that our cells will need to use to 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 work so sugar that we eat like table sugar um there's no evidence to suggest that that directly you know has causes well causes cancer or breast cancer specifically i think there is an indirect link of sugar with cancer and that really comes from what sugar does in terms of your general health so we know that mm. if you eat you know lots of sugar then you can um you know you know it increases your weight you can become overweight and we know that there are there is a link between being overweight and obese with cancer um but eating sugar itself um doesn't doesn't feed cancer if that makes sense
0: yes Exactly, exactly. So thinking about it directly contributing to the development of cancer, we can say no, but I guess when you're thinking about your diet and being healthy, we know that lifestyle factors and healthy eating can contribute to lowering your risk of cancer. So I guess indirectly it could, um, if you're you're, you're not eating healthy, you're having a high sugar diet, you're more likely to be obese and that will then in turn, I guess, contribute to your risks.
1: Absolutely. You're cancer. absolutely right there, yeah. So indirectly sugar um, can cause cancer, but not directly.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um let's see this one. Okay, so oh, I like this one. And I'll tell you why after heard okay. what you thought. Women with <laughs> women with breast implants yeah. can undergo um can undergo mammograms. Yes. So true or trash.
1: That's true. So you yeah. know, women who have implants can um, have mammograms um, I think people who think that if you have implants that you can't eventually have a mammogram when you know the time is right that's that's not true so yes you can have breast implants and you can have a mammogram that is a you know that that, that is a true statement
0: perfect and i think it's something that also to to make people aware when they have implants maybe maybe they're young now or they're older or they and they they've reached the point where they're actually thinking of going for scans not to be put off just because you have an implant um but it's important to know that you can and it obviously it's not going to be as straightforward but it's definitely still something that's available to them um
1: yeah Are there
0: other options? Yeah, no,
1: you're right. So um, just because you have um, implants, uh, you know, just because you have breast implants, don't, you know, let them stop you from getting checked out and getting scans. Mm. Um, You can have a mammogram when you reach the age of 40. So we know that. Uh, mammograms are not very um, efficient or, you know, good in picking up things in the breast and in those who are under the age of 40. So if you're under 40 and you have say a lump in your breast or, you know, something that's concerning you in the breast and you have an implant um, or whether, or even if you don't have an implant, the first investigation that you will get will be an ultrasound scan and not a mammogram. Mm -hmm. Um, If we pick up something in, you know, someone under the age of 40 that we're worried about then we may do a mammogram. Um but if you're under 40 um you won't you won't get a mammogram. If you're over 40, you will get a mammogram. And whether you have an implant or not, that doesn't really matter.
0: Perfect. I just on that talking about implants um when I was doing a research job I did some I, I did some um work looking at um this new link with um potential link with breast certain breast implants and um a type of lymphoma they call it breast implant um associated anaplastic lymphoma awfully long name yeah um, is that something that's i i think that was about two years ago i started seeing a few papers um and this is because at the time i was looking at working on a project at looking at alternative materials because at the moment correct me if i'm wrong we use silicone most of the time um and it's thought to be relatively inert um you do have some changes in in the, in the tissue and sometimes there's ruptures and things but mostly it's been quite effective and that's that, that's what's commonly used but with this evidence of a type of rare super super rare lymphoma is that something you've you've come across yourself is that something you talk about
1: yeah so um B I A A L C L, which is the shortened version of that very long yeah. thing that you've said so that's <laughs> Um, that stands for breast implant associated anaplastic large That's cell it. lymphoma, which is a very long word um so <laughs> lcl is you know far more you know easy to to say and it's a very rare um kind of type of lymphoma uh, which is mm. cancer of the immune system um it is has been linked with implants and so far has been linked to um, a type of implant, which is called the textured type of implant. So breast, the different kinds of breast implants, you can either get what's called a textured implant where the, Mm -hmm. the surface of the implant is textured or, you know, kind of slightly rougher, or you can get implants that are smooth. And Mm. so far the evidence suggests that, um, BIA LCL has been linked to, um, textured implants. Um, Mm -hmm. now, it's very rare. It usually presents as a delayed um, collection of fluid or seroma, or mm-hmm. it can usually present as a lump. Um, and if you get any of these, then obviously you need them, you know, you, you have to get to see a, a a doctor and get them checked out. Um, but it's something that we now warn people who have implants um, about because they need to mm-hmm. know you know, uh, potentially um th- this this very rare condition. Um but it's something that we can, you know, treat um pretty, pretty well. Um, yeah. and it's very rare. So
0: yeah, absolutely. I think when I remember I was looking at the literature at the time, it was they often presented at least after ten years after um they had the implants in. And like you said, it was usually the textured implants um but I don't know if the percentage of cases was less is it less than five percent I'm not I don't quote me I'll try and get the stats out for the, for the summary when I mm. post this episode but it is super super rare um and like with everything we that is rare your doctor your surgeon even if you're going for cosmetic procedure um it's something that they should be discussing with you when you're right you know you're signing your consent form for the operation so yeah yeah, really, yeah. awesome uh, I think I have one final true or trash question. Okay. And that is drinking water from plastic bottles increases your risk of breast cancer. I shouldn't laugh. I should stop <laughs> yeah, yeah, not be I judgmental. Haven't, I haven't heard that one actually. Um, oh, okay.
1: Yeah. So it must be trash, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I think you'd need to know.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, guys, don't worry about that. Um, drinking water from plastic bottles is fine
0: i think maybe people worry because of the maybe it's not just the one time you drink from a glass a, um a plastic bottle maybe when you're using the same bottle over and over because you're trying to be good for the you're trying to be good for the environment and recycle mm. people worry about um some of the lining or some of the product of the plastic might be entering the water and that when you have foreign um chemicals like that entering the water that can maybe contribute i think that's where that's a line of thought i think where people are coming Mm. with with this but there isn't like you said i don't think i've read any evidence for it so
1: no i I haven't either so um yeah i mean i guess it's all about you know the kind of microplastics isn't it the kind of tiny bits of plastic that we drink um yeah bottled water so um yeah, I think I understand the concern. And I guess, you know, yeah. probably would be best just to get a, a b- water bottle that, like you know, people say get a BPA free water bottle. Um, yes. Um, and, you know, it's better for the environment anyway as well, isn't it? Rather than yeah. buying, buying you know, plastic bottles the, and drinking. The same
0: plastic and then, bottle and drinking. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. exactly.
1: So, yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah I, I think that's trash. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Perfect. So I have to admit, and I think I mentioned when we had a catch up before recording that one there's a sad episode that happened a couple of weeks ago um that inspired me to do this episode and it's not only because I'm super passionate about women's health and particularly breast breast cancer and health, but I was having dinner, you know basically like a last minute rush to have dinner with my husband yeah. um before the lockdown um because like oh I want to eat out so you managed gonna... it well
1: done you <laughs> oh
0: yeah we booked it we We're so happy it's this wow, great restaurant awesome. called. I think it's called Manteca you should go really good Italian food oh. um in Soho but yeah. anyway so we were having dinner and like we were sitting not too far from these three girls who were super super drunk and just having the best time of their life and I was trying to ignore them but like I think maybe because I'm just not used to eating out anymore I just don't know how to act like just <laughs> I'm not used to noisy people social 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 next social to health, don't I know <laughs> exactly social this is not normal and it's like because I've been in the house for like the whole year yeah. anyway so I overheard them talking I think what I shouldn't really eavesdrop, but they were just so loud and um one of them I think it turns out possibly had been recently diagnosed with cancer she seemed quite young I don't think she could have been more than 30 maybe mid-30s and her friend was talking about how hearing that she was diagnosed with cancer really made her think, but she still wouldn't be sure she could be bothered to go to her GP if she did discover a lump. She, because, you know, her GP probably fob her off. And I was like, what? Wow. You're, what? You're, 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 you're telling, first of all, you're telling this to your friend who has breast cancer. I've got this right. Um, I'm not very good at eavesdropping. And then um, (laughs) number two, you won't tell your doctor if you got found a lump in your breast because you think he'll just fob you off. Right. That's so sad. I, I don't know about you, but I felt that in my years of training, um, breast cancer and the management of this uh, the breast cancer service or this one stop clinic is phenomenal, really really good wherever you are in the country. And um, I, I can't under I wouldn't believe a GP maybe they maybe I don't know her experience with a GP before would fob her off. Mm. Um, if she presented with a lump, do you yeah. see what I mean?
1: Like, yeah, that's you know, that's I'm. I'm. It's quite sad that that's how yeah. she felt. Um, to begin with, isn't it? Because you kind of yeah. think, well, really, if you're if you've if you're unwell and you find a, 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 you have symptoms, whatever that symptom might be, you should have yeah. the confidence to go to your Absolutely. GP. And I would definitely urge anybody listening who have any kind of symptom. Um, just because it's COVID doesn't mean that you know GPs aren't working it might be slightly more difficult to get hold of an appointment uh, or to see a GP face-to-face but definitely please go to your GP and try to get an appointment and get your GP to to address the problem Um, but yeah that's you know that's quite sad and I think if you you know as you, as you said, and you know, obviously you have the experience having, you know, gone to breast units or worked in breast units in the past. Mm. Um, if you have a breast symptom and you go to your GP, your GP, um, you know, will not fob you off. If anything, your GP will definitely send you to, um, to, to see one of us, you know, a breast clinic in one of the hospitals. And that way you can get your breast symptoms checked out. And, if by a chance you do get fobbed off, which is unlikely, but if you do, then you know you just persist and insist that if you're still worried, you should go and get a referral.
0: Yeah, I think so. I completely agree, um, and it's 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 unfortunate that loss of trust. I think it is probably a product of 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 our of this of the times this year. People are probably too fatigued and tired of talking about COVID and health and the barriers that has caused Um, and like you said it's probably made things a bit tricky to get a physical face-to-face appointment with your GP and your doctor but I think it's really really important to be reassured that all these facilities are still in place um definitely. and you should definitely you know uh, you shouldn't feel put off um and just feel confident that and um be empowered to if you're what you are concerned to speak to your gp ask for a referral and even a second opinion um because you know it's 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 all about your you and your your care and that's that's that is what we should that's the, the goal of everyone working in the nhs really is to make your care the priority and- yeah no,
1: exactly and you know as you said that if 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 you just trust your gut instinct, you know, if you Mm. feel that something isn't right and you're not um, being directed to the appropriate place, then, you know, try again. But, um, you know, we, I work in a hospital and, you know, I run breast clinics and I haven't stopped really, you know, even throughout this COVID um, pandemic, Mm. I'm still seeing patients. I may not, you know, when the height of the pandemic was happening, Obviously, we couldn't yeah. see patients face-to-face or many patients face-to-face. Um, so, you know, we would then uh, speak to to people over the telephone and then triage their symptoms that way. But we yeah. have the expertise to do that. Um, yeah. And, you know, just to reassure people that, yes, times are tough, but um, we are here for you. And if you have any symptoms, do get them checked out, definitely.
0: Absolutely. And I guess it might be worth just running through what actually happens so you you say you're you have a lump you're not feeling well or you have any other symptoms that we would would probably red flag and as we say as signs of, of of breast cancer maybe some bleeding from the nipple um some skin changes um some dimpling and you go to your gp and what will, your gp will refer you to uh, is it a two-week wait correct? yeah
1: yeah so what will happen is um your gp you see the gp the gp thinks okay i want you know i want to refer you to a breast clinic and you Mm -hmm. most likely will be referred to what's called a one-stop breast clinic and you um, ordinarily will be seen within two weeks. Now with COVID, things are slightly longer than two weeks but um, ordinarily you'd be seen within two weeks and you go and attend a one-stop breast clinic. And the one-stop breast clinic is essentially a one-stop shop. And in these clinics, you'll get what's called triple assessment. And what that entails is, first of all, you'll see um, the doctor. So you'll see either a breast surgeon like myself, or you sometimes may see a breast physician. But you'll see you know, somebody who's qualified um, to um, talk to you. And firstly, we'll ask about your symptoms, ask about you know, what the problem is, how long you've had it, things like that. Um, they'll ask you about your past medical history and also your family history of breast cancer, if you have any. And then you'll be examined. Um, so your breast will be examined um, with a chaperone present. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't have a chaperone present and you want one, please do ask because, um, you know, you, you, you should have a chaperone with you. And then, depending on what we find, we will then send you to have some scans. So, as um, as I mentioned before, um, if you're under 40, then you may get an ultrasound scan. If you're over 40, you may get... Um, a mammogram or a mammogram and an ultrasound scan yeah. and then um, you get them there and then so you know during this clinic consultation um, you get these scans and if we see something that is not quite right you know we're worried about it or we're you know um, in this further investigating then we will do what's called a biopsy so that's the triple assessments so you get an examination you'll get um, imaging and then you get a biopsy and if you get a biopsy then Um, The results normally come back in about seven days, Mm
0: -hmm. but if
1: all is well, you'll go back um, after you've had all of this stuff done, you go back to see. So if you see me, you'll see, you know, you'll come back to see me and then we'll talk about what the findings are and what, um, you know, what the recommendations are depending on your symptoms. So that's essentially a one-stop breast clinic. And I think it's fantastic because that means that by the time you leave that clinic, you, you know what it is that, you know, what the problem is, whether that is, and absolutely you know everything is fine and you have nothing to worry about so that's great or if you have something that needs investigating then at least you know that's been done and then you'll come back exactly in seven to ten days for the results
0: absolutely and then you also I remember when I used to um work in breast clinic you have the support of very specialized um super supportive um breast uh, cancer nurse specialists yes who will be there for you be your advocates and like give you that give you a bit more information reassurance so that you you basically feel like you're you have a team like you're armored and I think that for me I think that's just I feel is a fantastic way of providing that kind of holistic care so you're managed not just by the surgeon yourself you're you're managed by um the nursing team and also your case will be then discussed and reviewed by a multidisciplinary team who will go through every bit of your everything from your history or the 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 scans and everything to formulate a plan for you so you do feel like I don't know I feel like you are really really well taken care of yeah I mean
1: yeah I hope I hope we do do that and I'm you know um it's really um heartening to to hear you know that you think you know we do do that and um, you're absolutely right. If you if you come to the breast clinic and say, you know, everything is fine and uh, your symptoms, nothing to worry about. And we discharge mm-hmm. you back to the care for your GP. That's great. If on the other hand, you have something that we needed to biopsy. So we take a small sample of that breast tissue. We will mm-hmm. then discuss that case, your case in our big meeting, which is called the MDT meeting or multidisciplinary team meeting. Where you know there's the surgeons, the radiologists, the pathologists, the oncologists, and the breast care nurses as well. We all just we all sit around. Pre COVID, we'll be sitting around the table. Yeah. At the moment, we're doing everything um, remotely. Virtually. Yeah. So that's kind of an interesting um, thing to do. But yeah, all all people are discussed, and then we formulate a plan. And if, um, say, unfortunately, a cancer diagnosis um, has to be given, then. As you said, you know there'll be a breast cancer present, and we we are there to provide support throughout that treatment experience. And you know, so um, I think I think we do provide very good care, and um, mm-hmm. I hope you know I hope patients um, feel that too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I think it's it's it, everyone's experience is going to be different, and like you said, it's challenging even more. When you hear people who've lost that trust um, in the healthcare system, with with various various experiences, so you know I definitely keep that in mind. But I do hope that you found some of this information kind of um, reassuring, and um, and and I think also it's probably important to to discuss um, Tasha where people can find where you would suggest people to find information and look for information about breast cancer, apart from your uh, incredible podcast where you share, you know, you have people and sharing their experiences, where would you recommend people to go to and where would you recommend people to avoid <laughs> going to for <get> their <laughs> yeah, information? Uh,
1: yeah. Dr. Google is a scary place sometimes, but um, so there's, you know, some, some good websites out there. There's called, there's one called breast cancer now, um, yeah. which is uh, a really good research and care charity. They have very good, Um, information leaflets and things like that. Um, Yes, it's got cancer in the title, but um, it does provide information on non-cancer related conditions. So that's really good. Cancer Research UK, again, that's a really, really good um, website. And it talks about, you know, all, all things cancer related um, and, you know, the science behind it. So again, that's, that's a really good website as well.
0: Absolutely. Well, I think that runs up our brief whistle stop tour of true or trash questions, and um, your experiences working and um, as a breast cancer surgeon. Thank you so much, Tasha, for your time. Oh, it's a pleasure. Um, I hope <laughs> I hope your you
1: know your listeners find value in this, and um, yeah, it's been it's been really fun.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of debunking medical myths. It was a pleasure to have fellow medical podcaster Dr. Tasha join me to talk about breast cancer and I hope you found it useful. If you have any more questions and perhaps want me to do an IG live on the topic, do get in touch via Instagram or Twitter. Don't forget to share and subscribe and I'll be back soon with another episode of debunking medical myths.